Chapter 15 3.09 p.m. Now we need to find Axe, I said. But we need to be careful. This jungle alone is enough to mess us up bad. And we have the Yurks to deal with as well. I am not lost, Prince Jake, a thought-speak voice said. Axe, I cried. Yes, it's me, Axe said. But I am in Morph. Don't be startled. With that, he dropped from the tree above us and landed on the ground. Well, Marco commented with grim satisfaction, someone finally made a monkey out of axe. He was small, covered in brown fur, and definitely a monkey. But he was alive. I don't think I've ever felt so relieved in my life. I had been screwing up plenty. First by deciding to go into the stupid Safeway to begin with. Then by endangering Tobias. Then by endangering Axe then by leaving Rachel alone to almost get killed. But at least no one had gotten killed. Yet. I'm thinking Spider Monkey, Cassie said, frowning. But I'm not sure. I'm not all that strong on rainforest animals. The monkey, Axe, was holding something in his paw. It was bright yellow and about the size of a computer diskette, only round and a little thicker. What is that? I asked. I did what you told me to do, Axe said. This is a vital part of the bug fighter, the computer core. No one can fly the bug fighter without it. That thing is a computer? Tobias asked. Yes, the Yurks are still somewhat primitive. An Andalite version would be a third this size. Well, I'm relieved you're okay, Axe, I said. We haven't been doing very well. I barely made it, Axe said simply. There are several dozen hork out combing the forest, looking for us. I think they are divided now into platoons of five, each accompanied by a human controller. I haven't seen the Visser, but he will be around as well. As you know, Visser 3 can morph, so he can be any of the animals we see. That's a good point, Rachel said. We have to be on the lookout for animals as well as hork and the natives. The human controllers, Marco said thoughtfully. I think I know why they're traveling with the hork See, the human controllers would know which animals belong here in the rainforest and which don't. If they see a grizzly bear or a tiger or a wolf, they'll know that they don't belong. They'll know it's us. Good thinking, Marco. We need local morphs, I said. I can take you to the monkeys, Axe suggested. I believe they are close relatives of yours. Marco is second cousin to a monkey, Rachel said. I was glad to see she was teasing Marco again. It meant she was back. Still, there was a darkness in her eyes. Not even Rachel could just shake off what she'd been through. And knowing Rachel, she would react by being more aggressive. Maybe too aggressive. Monkeys would be good, Cassie said. It would get us up off the ground and into the trees. Okay, Axe, lead on, 
Tobias, I hate to ask, but we could use some air cover. No problem, Tobias said. He flew up into the trees. I knew he was tired, and I knew he was hungry. Flying is hard work, and a bird's metabolism is fast. They can't endure long periods of hunger as well as a human. But what else could I do? Axe did not lead us very far. Within ten minutes, we were standing beneath a group of monkeys, chittering and yipping in the trees high above us. It isn't possible to acquire a morph from a person who's morphed. In other words, we couldn't just copy Axe's monkey morph. We had to go to an actual monkey. I believe I can get one of them to come down, Axe said. How? Marco asked. Axe hesitated. It's hard to tell if a monkey is embarrassed, let alone a monkey with an andalite mind. But I could have sworn Axe was embarrassed. I... I believe that I am... That is to say that my morph is... An attractive female. One of the males seemed interested earlier. Well, that does it, Marco said flatly. We have moved permanently into Bizarro World. We've traveled in time... We're in a jungle fighting brain-stealing aliens and 10,000 annoying species of bugs. And our resident space cadet is a hot-looking monkey. Somebody wake Wake me me up when when we get get back back to reality. Marco and I said it at the same moment. He stared at me. I stared at him. Everyone else stared at us. I sighed. I guess I have something to tell you guys. I should have said it earlier, probably. But I thought I was going nuts or something. See... I've been having these flashbacks. Really intense. It's like, I'd be in school, and suddenly, I was here. And since we got here, I've been having flashes that I'm back home. Rachel rolled her eyes as if to say, what next? Cassie looked concerned. Marco looked like he was trying to find a joke in the situation, but was too tired to come up with anything. I knew what Marco was going to say just now, because that was one of the flashes, I said. Axe stared at me with large monkey eyes. Prince Jake, how long ago did you start having these flashbacks? I shrugged. It was just this afternoon. Yesterday, or today, whatever you'd call it. I was square dancing when the first one happened. Why? You were square dancing? Marco said. I'd have paid to see that. Axe scratched his neck vigorously, then looked intently at what he'd scratched up. He popped whatever it was into his mouth. Obviously, he was letting the monkey mind have some control. Prince Jake, as I said, I'm not an expert on Sario Rips, but I think what's happening is that the flashbacks are a fluctuation where two simultaneous identical states of consciousness intersect outside of space-time. That would have been my guess, Marco said. Simultaneous whatevers. I have a theory, Axe began. A theory is more than I have. What is it? I suspect that we have moved backward in time, but not far. We are existing simultaneously both here and back home. There are now two Marcos, two Cassies, two of each of us. One here, one there. At the same time, the flashbacks only started today, so I suspect we have gone back one day in time. A little less. That's good, Marco said. No, Axe said solemnly. It's not good. We are in two places at the same time. 
That is impossible. It's a time-space anomaly. It's an unstable condition. Meaning, I pressed. I think it means that the two groups, the two Markovs, Rachels, and so on, will annihilate each other, like matter and antimatter. It is not possible for there to be two of us in the same time. So why haven't we annihilated ourselves yet? Rachel asked. We are still within the Sario Rip effect, Ak said. I think. So, so I think we're okay till we get back to the time when the rip occurred. At that time, the rip will end, and we'll have an impossible situation. Two identical groups of people existing in two places at one time. I think my teacher said it would cause a mutual annihilation. We'd cease to exist, both groups, here and back home. The time when the Sario rip occurred was 8.54 exactly. In other words, if we're getting back to our own time, we have to do it before the Sario rip occurs at 8.54, I said. Yes, we'd have to go back and change the timeline, so that none of this would have happened. We have less than six hours. How do we do that? I'm not sure. I nodded. Well, if we're trapped, so is Visser 3, right? He must know about Sario rips too. If he's going back, we can go back with him. All we have to do is get to the blade ship, hide ourselves on board, and let Visser 3 take us home. I mean, that's the only way, right? There could be... Ak started to say. Then he stopped. What? I asked him. Is there some other way to get back? Axe gave me a long look, like he wasn't quite sure what to say, or whether to say anything at all. He was in monkey morph, so I couldn't read his expression. As I said, Prince Jake, I wasn't paying attention the day they taught this in school. I knew he was hiding something. I should have pressed him, but I didn't. Just one more mistake from the fearless leader of the Animorphs. Chapter 16 3.40 p.m. It was easy to acquire the monkeys. Several of them swung down from the tree to sniff at Axe, and they didn't seem terribly frightened by any of us, since we were all standing very still and quiet. I reached very slowly, very gently, for one particular monkey. He looked at my hand, considering it. Then he turned his back, as if asking me to scratch it. Okay, I said. I'd be glad to. I scratched the little monkey's back, and as I did, I closed my eyes and focused my thoughts on the monkey. He became quiet, like he was in a trance. That's how animals usually are when they're being acquired. I absorbed the monkey DNA into me. This should be especially easy, Cassie commented as she finished acquiring a different monkey. These monkeys aren't direct relatives of Homo sapiens, but still, most of our DNA will be identical. After all, a chimpanzee's DNA is like 97% identical to human DNA. Or in Marco's case, 99.9%, Rachel interjected. Yes, it's like the fact that Rachel's DNA is actually 99% identical to Malibu Barbie, Marco shot back. Could we concentrate here? I said gruffly. Actually, I was relieved to see everyone was behaving normally. It's when Cassie isn't talking about animals, 
and Marco and Rachel aren't teasing each other, that you have to worry. Axe, did you have any problems with the monkey's mind when you morphed? Cassie asked. No, except, well, they are similar to morphing a human, but much more excitable. Also, they don't fall over as easily as humans do. Axe is constantly amazed that humans walk around on just two legs, without even a tail to hold us up. Okay, let's do it, I said. We're short on time, and we are exposed sitting out here looking like dumb, barefoot kids from the suburbs. Tobias, Axe, both of you keep an eye out for any trouble. This whole rainforest is nothing but trouble, Tobias said darkly. Especially when you're a red-tailed hawk and you stick out like a sore thumb. He was right, but I had to worry about one thing at a time. And I knew from my visions that we could successfully morph into monkeys. Unfortunately, the visions didn't tell me whether we'd succeed or fail, end up alive, or not. I concentrated on a mental image of the monkey. And very, very quickly, I began to feel the changes. The real monkeys began to see the changes too. The real monkeys leapt onto the tree trunks and scampered up toward the high branches. I shrank. That was to be expected. But the more I shrank, the more vulnerable I felt. Brown fur sprouted from my arms and legs. My face remained furless, and my lips puffed out to form a rubbery muzzle. The largest single change was the tail. I felt it come shooting out from the base of my spine. But I'd had a tail before, so I didn't think much about it. Then I realized something. The tail moved. Not just back and forth, like a dog's tail. It moved like a fifth arm. Hey, this tail is neat, Cassie said. Try moving it. You can feel there's a part of your brain that controls it, just like an extra hand. She was right. And Axe was right, too. There was very little that was new or strange inside the monkey's mind. Like a human, it had only a few basic instincts. Like a human, it depended on learning to guide its actions. The eyes were similar to human eyes. The ears were no better than our own. The sense of smell was a bit improved, though. That was an easy morph, Rachel said. So, what else can this monkey do? I shrugged my narrow monkey shoulders. I guess it climbs trees. I turned to the tree trunk. Like almost all the rainforest trees... It was shockingly tall, and there were no low branches. But there were strangling vines wrapped all around the trunk, like a nest of snakes. Let's try it out, I said. I reached for a vine and held it tentatively. I positioned one foot, then I carefully reached for another handhold. Prince Jake, Axe said. Let the creature do the climbing. It knows how. Like this. He put the bugfighter's computer in his mouth and leapt right through the air, snatched a handhold, and was fifty feet up the tree before I could blink three times. I took a deep breath and relaxed my control. I allowed the monkey mind to come forward, and just said, Climb. Axe was right. The monkey knew how to climb. You know the way Michael Jordan knows his way around a basketball court? Or the way Chrissy Yamaguchi knows her way around the ice rink? That's how the monkey knew the trees. It knew the trees. It understood the trees. It was born to be in the trees. Hands, toes, hands, toes. It found every little handhold, every foothold, never a hesitation, 
Never a doubt. Never a question. The monkey knew exactly, precisely what to do. I felt like I had swallowed ten Mountain Dews and a box of ringdings. I was tiny, but man, I had energy. I flew up that tree. I met Cassie in the high canopy. Yo! Axe was right! This monkey can climb trees! That's not all it can do, she said. The others were just catching up to us. Watch this! She launched herself into the air. We were fifty feet up, easy, as high as a five-story building, and Cassie just fired her hind legs and flew through the air. She snatched a hanging vine with one hand, but never stopped swinging forward. That was all I needed to see. It was a game of chase through the treetops. The monkey wanted to play, and so did I. I needed some fun. I needed some fun in the worst way. I leapt. For about two seconds that felt like ten minutes, I hung in the air. Then, my left hand simply reached out, found a branch, swung me forward, launched me once again through the air, reached out again. Swing and fly and grab, and swing and fly and grab. Oh yes! Oh definitely! Marco exulted as he followed Cassie and me through the trees. Swing! Fly! Catch! Swing! Fly! Catch! The little monkey brain processed every move, prepared every action and reaction. The entire world was branches and vines to the monkey. Swing! Fly through the air with the ground a deadly 50 feet down. Catch at the last possible second. Swing again, out into the void. Catch just in time to save your life. It was the scene from my flash. Me, zipping through the trees. Axe paused to let us all catch up. He wrapped his tail around a branch and hung there, panting. I wrapped my own tail around the branch and let go with my hands and feet. I hung there, high above the forest floor, by my tail. I swayed gently in the breeze. This sounds weird, but there's something... familiar about that. I said to Cassie when she caught up with us. I mean, not to the monkey. But to me, to me the human. It's called brachiating, I think, Cassie said. Swinging through the trees. It's what our distant ancestors did millions of years ago. Maybe little bits of that memory are still stuck in the back of our human brains. Maybe all the stages of evolution are still part of us. Or maybe it just reminds me of playing on jungle gyms when I was a little kid. Oh, sure. If you want the boring, obvious explanation... Cassie said with a laugh. It's like gymnastics, Rachel said. Only this monkey could totally destroy any human on the uneven parallel bars. If the monkey team could be in the Olympics, they'd win every medal. Can I ask a question? Axe interrupted. Where are we going? We all stared at him. Then we burst out laughing. The monkey bodies laughed too, a wild, chittering sound. That just made us laugh all the more. I guess we did kind of get carried away, I said to Axe. Now get serious. We have stuff to do. We have to find the blade ship. And we have to get back to our own time before 8.54. Can we play chase some more first? Marco asked. And I would have said yes, because I was as caught up as he was in the idiot joy of being a monkey. But right then, I saw down below us a troop of hork Five of them, slashing their way through the undergrowth with a human controller following along behind. Let's follow them, I said. Sooner or later, they'll head back for the blade ship, right? 
Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, I am your host and narrator. I never know whether to say narrator or host here, because it's like kind of a podcast, but mostly an audiobook. I don't know. But it's me, Daniel. I do these things. And thank you for listening to another episode. Uh... Yeah, I don't really have uh, anything else to, to mention other than, you know, the usual stuff. Leave me a rating and review on iTunes if you feel like it. Uh, if you want to reach me, do that at Anamorph... Excuse me. At audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. And of course, I have that brand spanking new website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the A-P-O-D-C-A-L-Y-P-S-E. Dot com. It's like Apocalypse, but we took that POC, we turned it into a pod like podcast. So go visit that and learn about all the dumb stuff I do in my free time. Alright, uh, peace out. I'll see y'all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>